Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we'll turn the page from preseason game number one to the second straight week of joint practices and a preseason game this time with the Los Angeles Rams. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, August 16th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. And of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you and we appreciate my man Ari. Of course, we appreciate you because without you, well, the show really doesn't matter if it's on YouTube or if it's on the radio or wherever the case may be. If you ain't listening or checking it out, really doesn't matter. So like I said, definitely appreciate you. And Ari gets the show up each and every day on YouTube does a fantastic job and takes a lot of pride in making sure we're looking good and sounding good. So I definitely appreciate him a lot. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up on Twitter as well if you want at your boy Q254. And of course, we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Been getting a lot of calls and texts as of late. I'll try to get as many of them in as possible. Coming up in segment number three, but the powers to be and not Ari. I know I've thrown that joke out there before. Ari is not the one that has a time limit on the show, but the powers to be, people that, you know, are higher up than I am on the food chain. Please believe everyone has bosses. Uh, wants me to keep the, the show time down, so I can't uh, I can't go too long, so I'll try to get as many calls and texts coming up in segment number three, but just understand if your call doesn't get on, if your text doesn't get on, it's nothing personal. I'm just got a lot of them, and I'm trying to get as many in as possible. So the shorter they are, the better, but like I said, we'll try to do as best we can. So that's coming up in segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Segment number two, what am I going to be looking for? Today is day one of joint practices with the Rams. And unfortunately, I'm not in L.A. My guy Vinny Bonsignor is going to check in with me each and every day starting today on the radio to let me know what I'm missing as he's out in L.A. to monitor the practices and, of course, be there for preseason game number two. I stayed back in Vegas, got a lot going on at the radio station, plus I have to do the pre- and the post-game show Saturday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, in their podcast studio. So just didn't make a whole lot of sense for me to hit the road and try to do that along with everything else that I got going on. But I still want to talk about what I want to hear and what I want to read about and what I want to hear from Vinny about what the Raiders got going on the next couple of days in joint practices when it comes to the Rams. Of course, they got the preseason game coming up on Saturday. So all that's coming up in segment number two. Here is segment number one, news and notes of the day, and we'll jump right into it. And off top, really disappointed for one Brandon Parker. Uh, he was placed on the reserve injured list on Tuesday. He is done for the season. Second straight season around this time of the year, he's been put on the injured reserve list and is gone. Last year, you remember he got hurt in the Hall of Fame game, and uh, he was gone for the season. This year, well, he gets banged up. He was out. He didn't even play in the preseason game against the 49ers. He got banged up in the joint practices against San Francisco, so he's done for the year for the second straight season. Not that I thought Brandon Parker was a starter by no means, but I did think that he was going to be a guy that would be able to help provide a little bit of depth. And that's what happens with the offensive line, right? We saw that at times in 2022 when guys got banged up, especially when the Raiders were trying to figure out who the starting five was going to be. They just didn't have the quality depth that they need. And that goes back to, and I know it's like beating a dead horse, but that goes back to drafting not very well. Right, If you draft really well, you can start to build up depth along your team. But unfortunately, 
for the Raiders. They just don't have that. They're trying to do that. That's what Dave Ziegler and company are trying to attempt to do, but they're just not there yet. So Brandon Parker was placed on the reserve injury list. That was actually the corresponding move that was made by the Silver and Black as they signed free agent wide receiver Isaiah Zuber. And if you remember that name, like, wait, hold on, Q. Where do I know that name from? Well, he was a member of the Raiders practice squad back in 2022. He was also on the practice squad of the 49ers, the Browns, and the Jets. He originally signed with the Patriots as an undrafted free agent back in 2020, appeared in four career games, only has two career uh, receptions for 29 yards and two rushing attempts for 21 yards. So that was the minor news, even though that was actually the lead. Uh, But Brandon Parker being a loss for the season for the second straight year, that is to me, is the bigger news of all. But those are the roster moves that were made on Tuesday by the Silver and Black. Now, I had a couple pieces of sound that I wanted to bring to you. One that I thought was really good. I respect the hell out of Brian Baldinger. I think most people do. He's just a really sharp football mind. Of course, he always has a lot of fun talking about Max Crosby. He's the one who actually gave Max Crosby the name, the Condor. Well, he was talking about rookie quarterbacks that he saw over the past weekend. And I actually have written down, let me see if it's right here. Yeah, I have written down all the rookie quarterbacks that played uh, over the weekend, the first week of the preseason. And of course, one, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson actually played in two. But looking at all the stats of all the quarterbacks, not Bryce Young, not CJ Stroud, not Anthony Richardson, not Will Levis, not Jake Hayner, not Stetson Bennett, not Clayton Toon, not Sean Clifford, not Jaron Hall, not Tanner McGee, not Max Duggan. But I would say Dorian Thompson-Robinson of the Browns and one Aiden O'Connell had the best performances. Here's Brian Baldinger talking about the best quarterback that he saw that was a rookie over the weekend. The best rookie quarterback I saw in preseason week one was Aiden O'Connell of the Raiders. Like, these throws were just one after another. Like, spot on. Now you can say, okay, back up San Francisco, that's true. Like, he missed three throws, including this one to Trey Tucker, and he puts it right on him. He just had a drop. All right, wasn't anything wrong with the throw. But you watch him right here on third and three, and he's going to hit Keelan Cole right here. Like he looks, and he's going to get the crossing out. It's good protection, yes, but he puts it right on him. It's one good throw after another. How about the go route to Trey Tucker up at the top? But what you don't see right there is his ability right at the snap to hold the free safety. Watch him just take one quick look to his right just to hold the free safety right there. He's coming back over here to Tucker, and he lets it fly. Like, this guy was a walk-on at Purdue. He wasn't given anything in his business. Like, how about play action? Turn your back to the defense, all right? Play action fake. Here we go. It's not like he trips over the guard, but he sets his feet, and he hits his tight end. All right? Perfect. In stride. Like, then you get the touchdown right here to Keelan Cole. All right? Here we go. Like, so decisive, so quick on the move. When you watch it right here, like he knows exactly where he's going. Bam! And then the ball's out hot. Goes in at halftime, comes out, first drive of the third quarter, bootleg action right here, finds his tight end again. Like, I don't know, Aiden O'Connell, don't you want to see him again this week in a lot of action? He was really good. So I really liked hearing from Baldy right there just about Aiden O'Connell. And again, he's going to look at and notice stuff on film. And even watching the video, if you follow Brian Baldinger on Twitter, you can see the video that he actually put out. Just him breaking down what Aiden O'Connell was doing just was pretty impressive to me and the way that he was able to stand tall in the pocket and turn his head, his back to uh, the, to the defenders and even get 
uh, tangled up with the guard and instead of falling down and just kind of, hey, saying, you know what, we'll just live to see another play, uh, was able to keep his composure and complete a ball to his tight end. I mean, there was a lot of good things to like in that minute and 40 or so seconds from Brian Baldinger talking about Aiden O'Connell. But, you know, so many times people say, you know, nobody nationally is talking about uh, the Raiders. Nobody nationally is giving the Raiders any kind of props. Brian Baldinger is about as national as it gets, and he's giving Aiden O'Connell plenty of props. So thought that was good and something important to bring to the table. And the final soundbite that I have for you, final little nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day, and then we'll get into segment number two where we talk about what I'm looking for in joint practices with the Raiders or the Raiders and the Rams today and tomorrow leading into their game on Saturday, preseason game. Number two, Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook, those are two guys that signed with their new teams. Dalvin Cook is in New York with the Jets. Zeke Elliott's in New England with the Patriots. Dalvin Cook signed a deal that was about $7 million worth up to $8 million. So not a whole lot of money, but probably the best that a running back at this stage of the game is going to get on the open market. Zeke Elliott. $3 $3 million with incentives up to $6 million. So I mentioned on Tuesday's show, maybe that puts a little bit of sense of urgency for Josh Jacobs to go sign that franchise tag that's worth $10.1 million. Not that I'm trying to count his pockets. Not that I'm trying to sell him, tell him to appreciate what they're offering and what's out there on the table. But it's more money than those guys are signing for. And it's more money than any uh, running back is going to sign for anytime soon. So John McClain from Sports Radio 610, longtime columnist from the Houston Chronicle, who's a Hall of Famer. He's on my radio show each and every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, He was on the show on Tuesday. And the first question I asked him out of the gates was about Dalvin Cook and Zeke Elliott and how that could affect Josh Jacobs moving forward. Here's the question and John McClain's answer. Check it out. If I'm Josh Jacobs and I see the money, that they had to sign for only seven million for Cook. Even though you can tell when an agent releases something, it's always up to, not the exact deal. So yesterday, all the national media was up to, which told me came from agent. And then uh, I thought Cook might end up in Miami, where he was from. Dolphins could use him, but uh, if I'm Josh Jacobs and I see what he and Zeke Elliott got not up to what it is right now, I'm going to sign that tender because Jacobs needs to be in there for at least two weeks to get his legs. Running backs tell you, you can't just come in when you start getting paid and expect to jump in and play the way you would if you'd been there the whole time. No matter how well how much he works out and how great he feels on his own, even if he's got football gurus helping him. It's not the same as being there doing football drills with your teammates and your opponents. So I would hope he would come in because if he does it at the last minute, this happens a lot. Guys will work out on their own, and, boy, they can run in the heat. They can run all day. They can climb. They can drop down and jump back up. But, boy, you get out there and you pull hamstring growing. You start pulling those soft tissue muscles, and it screws up your whole season. So, again, 
I mean, John McClain's talking about if he was Josh Jacobs, he would sign that tender and get to camp. $10 million. He gave every reason why he needs to get to camp and get a little lathered up before the season, you know, just to get a little bit of, uh, you know, the callus that Josh McDaniels talked about uh, when they had him playing in the Hall of Fame game last year. And, you know, I know a lot of people weren't happy that he was playing in the Hall of Fame game, but, you know, just to get a little bit of, not bumps and bruises, but just to get hit a few times and just to get conditioned in football shape to get ready for the upcoming season. I'm hoping that it happens sooner rather than later. I can't guarantee that, but you heard what John McClain, the Hall of Famer, says that he would do. And I like to ask guys like that questions. He's been covering football longer than I've been alive. He told me on Tuesday that this is his 48th year covering the NFL. I've only been alive 46 years. I'll turn 47 in November. So that's why I like to ask questions to what I call the OGs, the guys that have been there, done that for many, many moons, like John McClain. And I definitely appreciate his words of wisdom anytime I get a chance to holler at him. So there you go, his thoughts on Josh Jacobs and what he believes he should do. Coming up in segment number two, we're going to talk about what I believe the Raiders should be trying to do and attempting to do in the boxes they're attempting to check, or they should be attempting to check today and tomorrow in joint practices with the Rams. I think they're very fortunate that they get two weeks in a row of joint practices. That's something that every team does not get, and I think that's going to help them a lot moving forward, and we'll learn a lot about this Raiders team. But we'll talk about that coming up in segment number two after I tell you about Nutrafol. And, well, you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole-body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair, There's no drugs, there's no compromises, just better hair. Okay, well, Q, what is Nutrafol? It's the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. People always tell me, Q, man, you're so fortunate. You talk about going to the barbershop each and every Saturday to get your hair cut. You are so blessed. I wish I had hair that was thick like yours or hair that, you know, I can go to the barbershop and get cut each and every week. Well, Nutrafol is going to help you. Their hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free patent technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual help. Of course, that's important as well. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair health wellness quiz. Identify causes of your thinning hair. Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering all listeners of the Lockdown Raiders podcast $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men. Enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find out, over, find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men. And enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men. Promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about these joint practices with the L.A. Rams. I think that the Raiders are very fortunate that they have another week of joint practices. I've heard it many times from people like John McClain, who you heard from in segment number one, and many others that cover the NFL. And, you know, I can see it as well, just being out there at training camp and being out there for the joint practices last week on Friday, on Thursday and Friday, versus San Francisco 49ers, that the coaches get so much more out of these joint practices than they even do with the preseason games. So what am I looking forward to the next couple days against the Rams, a team that a lot of people believe is not a very good team, but 
when it's all said and done and everything I've been hearing about them, they actually haven't been too bad so far in training camp. So uh, they're not going to be some rollover. They're not going to be a team that the Raiders are going to go into town and just beat them up and bruise them and then go into the preseason game on Saturday and just make men make them wonder, what the hell was that that just came to town? They just destroyed us. Like, they're not that bad. They lost players. Jalen Ramsey, no doubt. He's gone. Leonard Floyd, there's no doubt. He's gone. Bobby Wagner, no doubt. He's gone, right? They don't have a whole lot of salary cap space. Of course, Matt Stafford is older, but he was out. He missed a lot of time in uh, 2022, so uh, he's going to come back healthy, ready to go. Aaron Donald missed a lot of time in 2022. He's going to come back ready, healthy to go, right? So there's a lot of guys motivated to play really well. So these joint practices, I believe, go a long way with both teams. So what am I looking for for the silver and black? They checked every box as far as I was concerned. I thought they did a really good job, preseason game number one, and the joint practices with San Francisco. So how can they build on that this week starting today? Well, first of all, first and foremost, I'm looking for consistency. Attention to detail. Remember the last time that the Raiders and the Rams squared off in joint practices. They had a big fight on day two. Remember this was when Hunter Renfro was going up against Jalen Ramsey and he was cooking them, doing a really good job. But the Raiders just seemed like they were only interested in fighting. And the Rams seemed like they were only interested in fighting. So to the point where day two of the practices got called off. That doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah, it sounds cool. It's great. Fans get fired up. My team ain't taking no mess. That's great. But the point is to get the work in. Man, these guys are trying to get work in so they can show what they could do. They can sharp, iron sharpens iron and get to the regular season and be ready to roll. So consistency, attention to detail, no fights needed. Uh, that's, that's unnecessary. It doesn't it benefit any team. And the one thing I'll say about this staff, I think they do a really good job. Last year against the Patriots, no problems. Last week against the 49ers, no problems. I'm not assuming that there's going to be any problems against the Rams just because I feel like this staff and the other coaching staffs are going to have really good understandings of what they expect. So with that being said, moving on, I'm looking at Jimmy G to keep working his relationship with his weapons. Right, He's just got to continue to get on the same page. I don't expect Devontae Adams to be out there at all. Of course, he got banged up on last Friday against the 49ers when he kind of got sandwiched and hit pretty hard. Looked like he limped off with a leg injury, but it wasn't too bad. Right, it didn't seem like it's too bad. Head coach Josh McDaniel said that he didn't think it was too bad, and then he was out there on Sunday with a little bit of a you know sleeve on his leg, walking around Allegiant Stadium during preseason game number one. So I feel like he's going to be okay, but until he's fully cleared and you see him lining up out there uh, on the field, week one versus Denver, you know one will never know. But I think for the most part he's going to be okay. But with that being said, everyone else Jimmy G needs to be getting on the same page with. He just needs to get comfortable and in a rhythm so he could be who he is, right? He did really good in joint practices against the 49ers. Just keep on doing that when it comes to the Rams starting today. But with that being said with the quarterbacks, Thursday and Friday last week against San Francisco, what did I see from the quarterbacks? A lot of Jimmy G and a lot of Brian Hoyer. Well, maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment, but what I don't want to see is a lot of Brian Hoyer. I don't need to see a lot of Brian Hoyer. I'm not saying he don't need to get any reps because he does. He needs to get ready for the season as well just in case. But what I saw from Aiden O'Connell on Sunday has me intrigued and wants me. It left me wanting to see more. So what I would like to see is not necessarily Aiden O'Connell three-quarters of the game on Saturday. I'd like to see him get maybe not 50-50 reps when it comes to Jimmy G and him, but maybe 60-40 or 50-35-15. Right? I mean, something like that. So 50% for Jimmy G, 35 for Aiden O'Connell, 15 for Brian Hoyer. I'd be fine. Chase Garbers could wait till Saturday. He doesn't need to really be in there as far as I'm concerned. But I just want to see more of Aiden O'Connell and hear about more of Aiden O'Connell during the joint practices. One of the reasons he played so much on Sunday 
was because he didn't get very many reps against San Francisco in the joint practices. That was the whole Jimmy G and Brian Hoyer show, really. They got a ton of reps, and that's why uh, Josh McDaniel said that Jimmy G didn't get any reps in the first preseason game because he got a ton of work against San Francisco. Well, that's fine. I'm expecting them to stick to the script again this week. I don't expect to see Jimmy G on Saturday. That's not coming from a place of knowledge. That's coming from just my gut feeling. But I would like to see Aiden O'Connell get some more action during the joint practices. I just would like to see him out there getting some more burn with a guy like Hunter Renfro, with a guy like Jacoby Myers, right? Get Zamir White to get some burn there. Get some of the uh, starting offensive linemen to protect him just to see and hear what it looks like with Aiden O'Connell behind center. And look, two weeks ago, I wouldn't have been saying that. Two weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, if he gets some action, he gets some action. If not, okay, so be it. Right, Because, again, I didn't know what to expect from him, and I have no problem saying that. Some people will tell you that they just knew he was going to be really good, and they didn't get surprised by that. And if that's the case, that's cool. I didn't know that. I was in a wait-and-see type mode. So far, so good for Aiden O'Connell. So now, like I said, he left me wanting to see more. That is a good thing. Defense. Continue to make plays. Understand your assignments. Know where the ball's at. Communicate, especially the linebackers in the secondary. If you're going to pass a guy off, pass him off and understand who you're passing it off to, why you're passing him off, and, and make sure that that other guy that you're passing him off to understands the communication. Right. One thing that Lincoln Kennedy pointed out to me, and this is uh, talking really about the offensive line, and that's obviously uh, the, the last little nugget that I have on the offensive line, is that battle at the right tackle spot, continuing to see that grow. Matter of fact, the offensive line in general, the Rams have a guy named Aaron Donald who's pretty good. But again, the one thing that Lincoln Kennedy pointed out to me last Friday at, at Raiders uh, training camp versus the 49ers, he wasn't hearing the communication from the offensive line. He wasn't hearing, you know, the, the right tackle passing a guy off to the right guard and yelling, in, 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 right? He just, he just seemed like they, he said that they were too quiet. So he wanted to hear that. Well, what Lincoln wanted to hear that, that in, 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 or, or, you know, just the communication on the offensive line, that's the kind of communication I want to hear about when it comes to, you know, linebackers passing guys off to, to corners or corners passing guys off to the linebacker. If they're lined up in, you know, say a cover two, and all of a sudden they, they bump and run at the line of scrimmage and then push them in, right, hit them at the line of scrimmage and then push them into the, the wash, which is the linebacker, you know, you want to hear those cornerbacks yelling, in, 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 so they know, here he comes, here he comes, or, or whatever the case may be. You just want to make sure that that communication is there. It is so important from the back end to the linebackers, to the corners, they all have to be able to communicate. That's Marcus Epps, that's Trayvon Merrick, that's Robert Spillane, that's Peters, all those guys. Uh, J- Ja'Cory Bennett, Nate Hobbs, all those guys just com- continue to communicate, be on the same page, go out there and make some plays. Again, and I, I feel like I could be a victim of, uh, you know, prisoner of the moment. But what I saw last week in joint practices from the Raiders defense, what I saw on Sunday in, in, in preseason game number one, makes me feel better about the direction that the defense is going. I know they're not where they need to be by a long shot. And I know that I can't just hang my hat and say, oh, yeah, this defense is going to be great because they played well against the 49ers in preseason game number one. But again, it's encouraging to see the direction that they're going. So that's what I want to continue to see. So those are some of the news and notes, like the little nuggets that I'll be looking for when I talk to Vinny on the daily. And I'm going to talk to Vinny on, on, on today, on Thursday, and on Friday. Matter of fact, Saturday too. Pre-game show, he'll be part of the pre-game show just talking about what he'll be looking for uh, during the actual game. But, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, today, tomorrow, Friday, want to definitely ask Vinny about these kind of t- notes that I'm talking about See if he's seeing this. See if he's hearing this from the Raiders as they're in joint practice. Uh, what I've been told is joint practice will start at 10 a.m. this morning. So depending on what time you're listening to it, it may be started. It may be going on right now or it might be already over. 
right? Sometime this uh, throughout the next couple of days, we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels, uh, give his thoughts. Hopefully somebody will ask him a question about Devontae Adams, if there's an update on the health of him and Tyree Wilson, which sounds like he's getting closer, even though I know a lot of people will say, yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback, he actually mentioned that in his uh, you know top five takeaways from Raiders training camp when he was uh, here in Vegas or at Henderson at the facilities. He said that uh, the Raiders expected to have Tyree Wilson back within the next you know couple weeks. He said he didn't know if he was going to be ready for week one, but they expected him in training camp back in you know next week or so. So hopefully Tyree Wilson's getting a little bit closer. Hopefully someone asks head coach Josh Bredanis when they get to talk to him about the health history and health injuries, uh, you know, concerns between Dylan Parham, Devontae Adams, and Tyree Wilson. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. What do you have for me? Your calls and texts are coming up next, 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's get a call from Marcellus Soul Black. He's a new booty caller, been listening for a long time, but chiming in for the first time with some thoughts on this year's team. Here he is, Marcellus Soul Black. Yo, Q, what up, man? It's Marcellus Soul Black calling from York, Pennsylvania. Yep, I'm a new booty, whatever you call them. But, hey, it's been a few years. I've been listening. I've been in radio 23 years and just want to say hats off to you, man. You've been crushing it. Love uh, seeing your transition, your journey, how you're right up there in uh, Raiderville at this point. And, hey, I just want to say to Raider Nation, man, let's go, man. Last year, I like a lot of us, I think you said as well, Q, I was so pumped thinking we were going to smash cats, and it was so disappointing. But uh, this year, taking a little bit different approach, sitting back and chilling. But the one thing I want to say is, last year we lost all those leads. But I'm telling you, that's the first Raiders coach in I don't know how many, since maybe Gruden the first time, where we actually had a bunch of leads. So I'm hoping we can get them this year and keep them. Raider Nation, full block, I'm out. Thank you, Marcellus, for the call. Appreciate you, my man. And, uh, yeah, I think flying under the radar is okay. Right, that's something that me and Donald Penn talked about in the postgame show on Sunday. He said, Q, nobody has any expectations for this Raiders team. And that's okay. That's a good thing. He said, I like it when nobody has expectations. That means that they're not focusing on us. All we have to do is go out there, execute, play our game, do what we do, go win some games. And all of a sudden, teams will look up and say, wait, hold on. Who's this team coming up here looking good? Yeah, oh, yeah, by the way, that's the Raiders. He said he liked being being not talked about. So, uh, yeah, flying under the radar could be a good thing. The expectations are all over the place. Uh, I've said it from the jump that I didn't really know what to expect from this team. But I'll tell you, just looking at the defense, I'm expecting the defense to be better than what it has been. How much better is it going to be? Well, only time will tell. But I do expect it to be a lot better. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling better I'm cautiously optimistic. I think that's the best way to word it right now as we're only here on August 16th heading into preseason game number two. But Marcellus, it's good to hear from you, man. Thanks so much, and hopefully that's not your last call. I do appreciate you. Up next, I got a text from Raymond. Q, this is Raymond. I've been watching Locked On YouTube every day for over two months. Love your show. Keep up the great work. Do you still agree with our seventh overall pick with Wilson rather than taking who I believe we should have taken, Jalen Carter, with what he's doing in Philly? That's Raymond. And, yeah, that, thank you for the text, first of all, and the compliments on the show. 
it's always a tough call, man. It's really easy to second guess, especially when you're starting to see what's going on. Uh, Jalen Carter looked really good for Philadelphia. I personally, this is just my personal gut feeling, I think he's really good in Philadelphia. He's got, I think he's going to be a good player regardless, but I think he's in a great position in Philadelphia. He's got his brothers that he played with in Georgia around him, guys that helped guide him there at Georgia and helped him just really focus on playing football and, you know, kind of keep him on, not the straight and narrow, that's, that, you know, sounds like he's a wild child, but just kind of making sure that he's fully focused on what they need to do. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good landing spot. Plus, they have some depth there in Philadelphia, so he doesn't have to immediately have that big-time impact. He could have been the best player. He might very well easy. There's a reason why everyone was talking about him as the number one overall pick, right? He could be that guy. I like Tyree Wilson. I think he's going to do some good things. I think him learning from Max Crosby and Chandler Jones is going to be really good. The problem is it's hard to pump up that pick right now when you haven't seen him in training camp, right? And you're already getting ready for preseason game number two, and you haven't seen him in training camp at all because he's coming back off that foot injury, and he's a big man with the foot injury. It's a little scary. So it's a gamble. Right, The Raiders, they rolled the dice and felt like that, that was the best pick. Uh, I like the addition. I think he's going to be good, but he's got to get out there and he's got to prove it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's easy to look at, you know, Jalen Carter right now and say, yep, Raiders should have picked him because Tyree Wilson's not even on the field. And who knows, in the end, might still be saying the same thing. But I'm okay with the pick right now. We'll just see how it plays out. Now, it might be a year from now, and I say, yeah, Raymond, you're right. <laughs> Tyree Wilson was not the right pick. Should have rolled with Jalen Carter. I know that there was some, you know, red flags there, but oh well, should have rolled the dice. But as of right now, that's hard for me to say because I haven't seen anything from Tyree Wilson. And and what we saw from Jalen Carter is only one preseason game as well. But Raymond, thanks so much. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Ken from Davenport, Florida. He's calling to talk about the Raiders' performance versus the 49ers and wants to talk about an element of the team that he feels did really well and nobody's talking about him right now. Here he is, Ken from Davenport, Florida. Thank you. This is Ken from Davenport, Florida. Hey, I'm a truck driver. Listen to your podcast every day. Wanted to let you know that uh, I appreciate all the good work you do. Uh, keep it up. Um, it's fantastic what you guys are doing there. Uh, very informative. And uh, those of us that live out of state, uh, it's a great podcast. Keep up the good work. I just had a couple comments about uh, uh, the performance against the 49ers. Uh, we talk about the offense. We talk about the defense. Offense we know is going to be good, uh, but the defense. Defense looked much better. Um, and so, uh, but one thing that I haven't heard anybody talking about is special teams. Um, special teams looked amazing. Uh, their angles, their line of attack, coverage, um, just, you know, much better than last year. And tackling, so much better in tackling. You could tell that they've been working on tackling which is something that we struggled with last year. Um, I like what I saw. I think they're definitely taking a step in the right direction. And I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, them working out with uh, the Rams this week. Rams have a talented team and um, start stacking up these days. And we're going to start seeing a lot better progress. Tackling, tackling, tackling. Again, thanks to you. Love everything you're doing. And uh, look forward to... You know, what this team is capable of doing. I think they're going to surprise some people. Have a good one, buddy. Ken, appreciate you, my man. Thanks for the call. And be out there safe on those roads, right? Uh, definitely appreciate you and everything that you do. And, yeah, I mean, nobody's talking about special teams unless we're talking about Cash Money Carlson or A.J. Cole. But as far as the kick coverage and the kickoffs, the way that they're doing it, you know that the kickoff, you know, return rules now are different where you could fair catch anywhere uh, between the goal line and the 25 and get the ball to 25, which I think is terrible. 
but you started to get a little bit of a glimpse of what the Raiders might do when they kick off by what they did on Sunday. And I know that Coach McMahon is working on some things. He, he hinted at that in a, in a media session where he said, hey, we're going to work on some stuff. We're going to be ready. You know, I'm not going to give out what we're doing, but we're, we're definitely looking into it. These coaches are smart. These players are, are very skilled. So they're going to figure some things out. But I like the point that you brought into it and the elements you brought into it about the tackling. One thing that Paul Gutierrez pointed out to me the very first day of training camp, the Raiders were working on special teams and kick coverage a lot. And he even said, man, Q, this is fast. This is day one of training camp, and they're already working on special teams and kick coverage. He said that was the first time he ever remembered a Raiders team working on kick coverage day one of training camp. So I like that that was something that stood out to you. Clearly, them working on it early really helped. So good stuff, Ken. Thanks so much for the call. Uh, do appreciate you. Got time for one more text. Uh, we'll get this one from Ivan um, FR86 Raider. Not too sure exactly what that means, so I apologize, Ivan. But he says, what's up? It's Ivan from Southern California. First time texter, long time listener. Been a Raider fan since the 90s. Just wanted to say the Raiders do not look that bad. I know it's just one preseason game and our starters were not there. They did a couple. Of, they did have a couple mistakes, but it's not hard to see the team is more disciplined than last year's. I don't want to get my hopes up, but I have a good feeling about this year. And also, great job with the podcast. I really don't listen to anyone else for Raider news. You demand Q. Let's go Raiders. That's Ivan from Southern Cali, first time texter. Thanks so much for the text. Thanks for the compliments on the show. I appreciate you. And you know, look, I'll tell you right now, there are so many great shows out there right now. I am so proud that Raider Nation has so much passion that there are so many different outlets. I tell people all the time, and I don't ever want to get it twisted. I never encourage people not to listen to other shows, right? I know my style is not what everybody wants, everybody's style. And that's cool because there's so many different flavors right now of Raiders, uh, you know, podcasts or shows or any kind of outlet or, you know, any kind of content. And I think it's great. I want to support anyone who's, who's willing to put in the work and put out a show. That's awesome. But it's so cool, and I know this is not what you had to talk about, but I just thought I'd share this story anyway. When I first started with my Raider podcast that I did, it was the Black Hole Banter, and I did it with my guy James Arcelona, uh, Arcelona excuse me, out of Oakland, California. We met by way of Twitter, just being Raider fans and wanting to talk some Raiders talk. It was so cool because I didn't feel like at the time there was a lot of Raider outlets and I knew how passionate I was and how I was always looking. As a guy in Central Texas, I was always looking for Raiders news, and I was trying to find a way when I was at ESPN Central Texas to get Raiders content on the show, and it was hard to do that, right? So when James asked me if I wanted to do the show with them, and I was like, yeah, no doubt. We did it. It was great. And then I love the fact that, and again, I'm not saying people followed our lead, but I'm just saying that now I look up and there's so many different podcast and everyone has a platform and you know are able to express their passion for the Raiders in their own way I think it's fantastic so thank you for the compliments on my show I'm glad that you do enjoy it uh but man there I I, I just want to salute all the Raider content creators out there I think they all do a good job in their own way to bring you the information the way they feel fit and so that I'll always salute that and always salute anyone willing to put in the work as far as the Raiders and this year's team I said it so many times that I don't know what to expect, but starting, I would say, not last week with the 49ers, but the last weekend before the 49ers came to town, that Friday and Saturday where they picked off, the Raiders defense picked off Jimmy G like seven times, and then they had that correction date on Sunday where I said nobody really won the, the practice. It was really just a day of working on some stuff. Max Crosby got the day off, and, and uh, Jimmy G got the day off, and others, and then 
that next week it seemed like Jimmy, especially on Wednesday when they got back to practice, Jimmy started settling in and looking better. And then the defense still looked pretty good. And then the 49ers came to town, and Jimmy looked really good. And the defense still looked good. And then they played the preseason game on Sunday, and Aiden O'Connell looked really good. And the defense still looked really good. And it wasn't the starters, right? It, it, it's the makeup right now of a team that potentially could be a really good team. Again, I'm like you. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I don't want to sit there and say, oh, this is going to be a great team because it's only preseason. We've seen it multiple times with this team. You know, Art Shell 2.0, what were they, 4-1 and one in, in preseason and only end up winning two games. And we all know the Raiders last year were 4-0 and oh in preseason, only won six, right? I do think this team is different. They seem like they're playing faster. They seem like they're practicing faster, quicker, you know, going from, uh, you know, uh, session to session. Even their drills seem like they're going a little bit faster. But time will tell. But I'm, I'm with you, Ivan. It just feels different. Feels like this team has a chance to do something. And I honestly feel like I have a little bit more confidence if Jimmy were to go down that the Raiders have a couple options at quarterback in Brian Hoyer, who I think would be the first guy on the spot, and Aiden O'Connell, who's proven that maybe he could be the first guy up if Jimmy G were to go down. Ivan, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we got a call from George, George in Southgate, a text from John from the South Bay in L.A., JPZ in the 209, uh, and then a text from 661 Raiders. So we'll get all that on tomorrow's show. We'll kind of give you a little bit of a report of uh, what I'm hearing about uh, joint practice number one against the Rams. News and notes of the day, of course. We'll get all that in coming up on tomorrow's show. So Raider Nation, again, appreciate you checking us out on YouTube. Appreciate my man Ari. And uh, again, we'll talk tomorrow right here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So until then, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.